Welcome to Fold in the Cheese, the recipe for fantasy football success. We are your hosts, two average dudes, watched a lot of football, played a lot of fantasy football, and our wives told us to get real jobs. And uh, we said pass. We'd much rather talk about football instead, so here we are. Uh, this is a podcast for those who are just starting in the fantasy football. We want to bring some knowledge to help you get started. We'll be here along with you on the whole journey throughout the season, checking in, checking in with players and seeing who we should sit, who we should start, all that fun stuff. And for those who are a little more advanced, don't worry, we got some stuff for you too. Yeah, so if you're a casual fantasy player and you're tired of not winning, we're going to change that for you. If you never played before and you feel like, hey, I think I'd like to play this and I think I'd like to win my first time through, we're here for you too. Let's make this happen. Get some W's. Let's get it. Welcome back to Fold in the Cheese. The fantasy championships are probably over. And it's the first post-championship episode. We're excited to be here this morning. It's going to be an interesting episode. I'm just going to warn you all on that one. I am joined today by the sadness to my anger. Oh, that's how you want to play it, old man? No dessert? Oh, sure. We'll eat our dinner right after you eat this. Only, oh, I'm too sad to walk. Just give me a few hours. If you guys have ever seen Inside Out, great children's flick, Pixar movie. I've got Ethan Gelfan here. E, what's happening? Oh, I don't know. I'm just in long-term <laughs> memory, touching everything. I'm Stop doing all right, man. Things. Stop touching. You're turning everything sad. Uh, yeah, I'm sad. See, it is very fitting because I am sad, and I can definitely see why you are angry because we – as as we all know, you were in a championship and I was in a championship. And spoiler alert, we both lost. Well, I was in two uh, and I lost both. So, yeah. Yes. We came at it from different positions. I think this is kind of perfect, actually, because you were sort of the the like long shot, hopeful, you know, yep. it's going to take everything going right. Didn't have the expectation. You were playing a juggernaut and honestly held your own. And I was Did. in the I was and I wasn't like heavily favored, but I was the team that had had this like incredible season season. crushed everybody and was like this needs to be mine and so um when you come at it from those different angles your reaction if it doesn't work your perspective is different your perspective is different so yeah 100 uh because i was at and we listeners know this because jason and i talked about it so i was playing jason in our neighborhood championship yeah and his team was truly a juggernaut and so yeah my perspective was completely different i started off what was crazy is i thought i had a great team after the draft uh, I got Austin Eckler in like the sixth round. That, that was the most incredible thing I'd, I'd heard all like, season oh, in drafts. He was my, it was, it was an eighteen. It was an eighteen draft, but still, he's like a yeah. first or second round pick in a ten. He was the second, a second best, round pick. He was the second best running back overall this year in fantasy. Yeah, yeah. He was my fourth running back, which was insane. Anyway, so after the draft, I was feeling amazing, and so uh, I then started off the season one in four in that league, and I go, what? the hell is happening uh but then i reeled off like six or seven straight wins so ended up as the two seed made it all the way to the championship um but yeah jason's team was just unbelievable so going into it i was already projected to lose by 20 which again if you had seen his team you would understand why so um yeah i was just happy to be there i was scrappy got to the championship had a monster week to get to the championship um and so I was just, I was just, you know, what happens happens. If I can pull off the win, amazing. If I don't, hey, I, w- I was glad to be there, but I'm still sad. So I was sad that I lost, but I was understanding. Yeah, and hey, I as, mean, as we saw at the end of that movie, you know, we need a little bit of sadness with the joy to make it all uh, worthwhile. 
Yeah, I don't know what was countering anger because the other one was like disgust. And so, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm angry and disgusted. I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I'm both people. But um, yeah, I, I, there, yeah, there's some solace and be like, oh, you, it's a great season. You finish second, you silver, silver trophy or whatever they give you on Yahoo or whatever but it those is. Just like, trophies, man. I'm like, that's great. Um, I won cash. Like we have a regular season champion in our Yahoo league that you're in. And so I won cash. I don't care about that. All I want, the only thing I want the is the hardware on. I want the, the name on the belt. I want the name on the trophy. I want, that's all I care about. It's all about yeah. having that physical symbol. The cash is great. I get it. Don't care. Don't care. We could be playing for 10 times what we're playing for. Don't care. It's about the belt. It's about the trophy. That will live and on so, forever, man. It lives on forever. And I guess that tells you what you want at the end of your life is legacy, fame. <laughs> it's not about the fortunes. I just want this physical belt. Don't give me the I just Remember the name. At the end of my my life is to wear that belt. Because I love I the fact that, that we get it for a year. It's the best. <laughs> it, it is great. It's been a hot minute since I've had it for a year. But I was the first champion of that belt. And yeah. Ugh. I've got a rant. I got a rant, and I don't know if uh, we want to do this now or if we want to just if we want to shelve it. If you got something else you know to talk what? about, no, it's fresh. Let's just get right into it, man. Championship, I, you're just coming. Up. I mean, it's official as of last night, so the games are over. It's officially over. So go for it, dude. Yep, I needed a I needed the greatest Monday Night Miracle of all time, Deontay Johnson and Pat Fryermuth to get me about 55 points. They got me about <laughs> 20 or 25. So it is officially over, and I am. So on fire. I am mm-hmm. so on fire for a couple Bristol of reasons. Bristol was the Hawaiians. Now you. It's a couple of reasons. All right. So for starters, AB, like what the actual hell are you doing, bro? Like, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to opine on his mental health. I get that that's a serious issue. And I do genuinely want any player who's dealing with anything like that. Like these guys take a lot of hits in the head. They've got whatever kind of backgrounds they, they come from anyway. Like, who knows? And, and of course, you want these players to be fine. Like I want, I want them to be a fine human being in society. All of that, okay? But I'm talking about fantasy football for a minute. So let me just, let me just give me this. <laughs> all right. What the hell are you doing? Let me have this. What are you doing? You're coming off a, a game where you had ten catches for 100 something yards and a touchdown. Fantasy championship. You're playing the freaking Jets. All right. Yeah, you're losing to the Jets, which is shocking. But you know it's Brady. He's going to come back, and of course he did. And he hit Cyril Grayson or some rando person for a touchdown to win the game, right? Antonio Brown's in the end zone doing freaking jumping jacks, taking his pads off, taking his jersey off, taking his undershirt off, clowning, talking to the people in the tunnel. Like, it's like legitimately like a movie. It was like a movie. It was like I, like nothing I've ever seen in my life. It was the best because I, I wasn't able to watch that game. So you just sent me a text because, you know, I was checking in on your scores and all that to see how, how you were holding up. And you said... Antonio Brown is taking is doing jumping jacks and all that. So they're like, oh, he must have gotten hurt. So maybe he's, he's warming up on the sideline to see if he can go back in. You're like, no, 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 no. He's taking off all his gear and throwing it into the stands and is running through the tunnel. I'm like, oh, that's a little different. That's a little different. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, so, yeah. Granted, you, you know you're playing with fire a little bit if you have Antonio Brown on your team. So, like, I was mad about that. I was just, like, you know, face palming about that, I guess. But more than that, Ezekiel Elliott. Oh my! What the hell? I mean, we we were we were nervous about him. You know, you and I kept going back and forth. We were because he has just had a slow end to his season, 
and he's been totally touchdown reliant. You know, he hasn't been fully healthy, I guess, at the end. Tony Pollard's been looking strong. I mean, they've basically been splitting the backfield. So, yeah, he was. Yeah, but keep ranting, my man. Sorry, I'm interrupting yeah. your rant. Keep Thank going. you for you justifying this. why I should have benched him. Um, I'm sitting <laughs> here. Every analyst on the f***ing planet is telling me, hey, he's a top 10 back this week, whatever. Uh, you start your studs when you go into the playoffs. Process over results. You know, hey, if, if you end up starting a stud and you, you lose, like you still made the right choice. I don't give a shit about the right choice, all right? All I care about is if I freaking win, okay? Bullshit on your cop-out excuses about, who was the right call, so I'm I'm fine with it. Like, no, I don't, I'm not fine with it. I lost. <laughs> I lost because this ass clown got me four points. And the player I should have started, and I wanted to start, and didn't have the balls to start, I'm on Ross St. Brown, got me 36 points on my bench, would have won me the championship. And now I'm pissed. I'm pissed at Ezekiel Elliott for either lying about being feeling better or the Cowboys for just sucking in general. He looks terrible out there. Okay. He's done. He's freaking done. I don't care if he gets hundred percent healthy in the playoffs. I don't care if they win the Super Bowl. Like he, he's just not the same back anymore. Period. And Tony Pollard looks way better. Fine. All right. I should have known that. I should have known that. Shame on me. Right. Shame on me. But also every site I'm checking and I'm just like, I need some kind of validation here. Cause I'm about to do something crazy. Right. Don't I'm get cute. To do it. I'm about to do something crazy. I'm going to put, I'm on raw St. Brown a Detroit Lions receiver going into Seattle playing where it's supposedly going to be like 20 degree gale winds upending boats in the Harbor bullshit. And it's like raining the whole day. And I'm like, okay, well that sounds like really bad conditions for a team that plays in the dome with Tim Boyle under center. So like, maybe I should rethink that. Right. And every side I check, every analyst I had to look at, here's your flex rankings. Here's your running back rankings. Ezekiel Elliott, number 10, number nine, number 11. They want, of course they wanted Ronald Jones over him, which was also a terrible call, but Ezekiel Elliott, number nine, number 10 should be great. Get in the end zone. He's getting a lot of work, whatever, blah, 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 blah. I'm on Ross A. Brown. He's, he's more like a, maybe, you know, 13, 15, like they, they knew he was going to be good, but they ranked him lower in the receivers. And then when you look at the flex rankings, which combines both of them, Zeke Elliott ranked higher. And I'm like, okay. So, I mean, like everyone's telling me it would be kind of stupid for me to, to sub out Zeke. Right. So I'm like, I don't want to do it this year. I got cute last year. It didn't work out. I'm going to, I'm going to play it safe this year to all the analysts. I know they're not listening to all the analysts out there who won't put a plant a flag. All right. Like plant a flag and, and be bold and make a call. that's not the most conservative thing in the world. So you don't look stupid. Like, like I don't care. It's it's so annoying. There's got to be a better way to predict who's going to do well in these situations, and we're going to find it. I, we're going to find it because I'm tired. Oh, yeah. of, I'm tired of being like, "Well, it's Zeke Lella. Of course you don't bench him." Like bullshit. I should have benched him. I would have won. I'm pissed. Yeah. Hey, I get it, man. And that's what's so so frustrating about like fantasy football and stuff like that is that you know at the end of the day, yeah, sure you have all these experts who are saying, "Okay, this is the rankings. It should be you know they're playing the worst run defense and the." Conditions are ideal weather-wise. But at the end of the day, as we've always said throughout the season, like anything can happen on a football Sunday, which is incredibly frustrating, especially fantasy-wise, because who on God's green earth would expect Ezekiel Elliott to get you 14 reception yards and 16 rushing yards when this is a pivotal game for them. They're playing the Cardinals. They're jockeying for playoff position. Like This is a huge game. We talked about it. you know. And actually, uh, when we were talking to Jason earlier, he was actually saying he might want to stay away from teams who have kind of, you know, already found their positioning, uh, you know, don't really have as much to play for at the end of the season because, you know, the players will probably not be pushing as hard. They might not even play the whole game. He actually mentioned the Chiefs, and I I, I countered him because I said, you know what, the Chiefs, too, are still going for that number one spot, and look yeah. what happened. They 
you know, they lost to the Bengals. So now they are not in control of that number one spot. Your Titans are good. Good on you, tighten up. So, yeah, it's incredibly fun. So all these pundits, all these experts can go on and on saying, yep, it's Zeke. But at the end of the day, sometimes it comes down to guts. And, you know, the fact that you have Amon Ross St. Brown speaks testament to you saying like, yes, I know this guy. He has been hot. I like what he's been doing. I see the potential in him. And that's why it's so important to pay attention to these games at the end of the season, even if you're not there. Because now Amon Ross St. Brown is on people's radars. Zeke is off your radar. It's all this kind of stuff, even though you may be out. So, I mean, still sucks for you, 100,000%. But it all still adds up. Well, not adds up, but it's all still matters and can help you moving forward. It's at the end of the day, the little solace here comes the little maybe fear coming out, maybe a little joy to come back in here, Kemp, a little bit. I don't know. It's going to take <laughs> I, it's going to take a hot minute for me to be joyful about fantasy football uh, in my own my own leagues. Now, thankfully, I can live vicariously sure. through other people and I can get excited about other people. But I'm very upset. Um, I'm I am assessing the resources that I use to get fantasy advice, the people yeah. that I listen to. It drives me crazy. It does. And I don't, and, and I, I have not found anyone outside and they're probably like some people that would be considered like fringe, you know, or kooks or something like that, who would be able to actually be like, you know what? Zeke's not a good play this week, man. I ranked him 30th, you know, <laughs> that's the, that's the person I want. Someone who's like, call me crazy, but like, this is a bad matchup and a guy who looks terrible and a team that is really inconsistent and I don't trust him. My trustworthy scale for the playoffs with Zeke, I'm ranking him 30th. I want that guy. And maybe they're wrong a bunch of times too. Fine. We're all throwing darts to some degree. But at least mm-hmm. it, at least they're like not afraid to bench somebody because their name. Right? I mean, it's, it's all about the names. They're just like, it it's, it's just a star player. Like, you know, big players come up in big situations. Like, no. no he don't, number one, he doesn't care about your fantasy team. Right? Obviously, right. Zeke doesn't care about that. And I like, I really like Zeke as a player. I always have. I love the dude. I'm pissed right now, not like necessarily at him. I mean, he sucks, but whatever. I'm just like, where's the person who's like, I don't care that your name is Ezekiel Elliott. Like, you're not and, good. And I know we kind of made it a, a more fun segment, and and sometimes towards the end of the season, we're getting a little cute with it. But I honestly think that is why blind resumes is such an important factor because we do. We get caught in the name. And I guarantee you, if you put like a Matthew Berry or uh, Adam Yates, and we gave them blind resumes putting Ezekiel Elliott with, I don't know, a, a Sony Michelle, I guarantee you they'd choose Sony Michelle in the way they ended the season. And he'd be like, oh, crap. Well, no, 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 no. It, it should be Z. I'm like, no. If you're basing it straightly, strictly on stats and trends and hotness and stuff like that, you're just getting caught up in the name. You're seeing Ezekiel Elliott, and you're automatically lifting him up six, seven, eight, nine spots higher than he should be. So, you know, maybe we kind of get crazy next season and we just do all blind. You know, blind resumes. Yeah, dude. I mean, all, without shit. taking any names into account, you look purely at the numbers, you look purely at the trends and just how, you know, these players are moving. I mean, it sounds crazy, but it's not. <laughs> I, the, well, how many times did we mention Hunter Renfro, right? How many times did we mention Hunter Renfro? And this dude, just, all he did was ball out. And like, I, of course, I played against him in the championship and he's now yep. on a championship roster. Because Hunter Renfro put up 26 points or whatever, 25 points, whatever he did. I mean, it's like Devin Singletary and Daryl Williams this week were probably top five running backs. They both put up over 20 points because the situation mm-hmm. was right. They're good players. Matchups were right, whatever, right? And like playing those guys would have been the right call. 
and playing Zeke would or not, but it, but you would not find a single analyst who would rank them higher. I'm not saying mm-hmm. like hindsight's 2020. 20. Of course, it's easy to look back and be like, oh, you should have ranked Daryl Williams higher than Zeke, and like, and it. But the thing is, like, the problem I have is that it's so taboo to even mention that before the games start. Mm-hmm. It's so taboo that no one will even go on that limb. They're they're just so so conservative and so tilted toward the the same players that are always there. They won't even go on the limb. They like they they will say like I wouldn't be surprised like and they'll do it in DFS all day. They'll they'll right. do it in DFS because there's now there's all of a sudden there's salary involved. You know Zeke might cost you seventy five hundred. Darrell Williams might cost you fifty five hundred. All of a sudden you're like well because they're less Darryl money Williams I'll play Darrell Zeke. Williams. Yeah. Oh I had this great DFS lineup like well no shit the guy costs the less money and it's happening easier for you. You know right. they're different. Makes factors decision that a lot, play the decisions a lot easier whenever he costs a lot less money. But like that's the same logic though. You should be thinking like that's a better matchup. It's a good player. I think he can blow it up, and he did, right? And I, I don't know. That's just completely absent from rankings and from the analysis. That just drives me absolutely crazy. So let's break that trend, man. Let's be the let's be the duo that goes straightly on the numbers, straightly on the matchups, and doesn't get lost in the name. Let's do that. We're gonna figure it out. We will, and you'll be here for the ride. We're going to figure it out. Um, speaking of here for the ride, I will. Here's where the joy comes in. My mom crushed her championship. She won <laughs> yes, by like 25 she points. She is a freaking champion. First time ever first playing time. fantasy champion. That's the best. The fact that this is her first time ever and goes almost undefeated. What was she? Like, she lost third? one game. She lost one game. 15 and wow. one. She lost one game. And I will tell you, I mean, you if you know her, you know this. If you don't, I'll just take my word for it. She does not know more than 10 players in the nfl and that's maybe even a stretch i mean does not know the names of anybody yeah now now she does of course now she knows all the guys on her team and she's always cussing it t higby didn't do shit it's really funny (laughs) but she knows them now but like she she did not know a single she didn't know hardly any of the players on her team you know and so it was she loves cooper cup that's for sure but um yeah she's she's champion i'm stoked i'm so stoked about that Oh, that's awesome. I mean, hey, and she she took our perfect lineup. She took our perfect draft. She listened to some of our trade advice and pickups, and, and she did it herself and did it to a T. So congrats, kudos, Anya. That's awesome. Uh, can't wait to see that hardware or that, I guess, digital hardware since it was a Digital league. hardware. Still amazing. Digital gold your, trophy. Uh, your manager profile is going to be gold, platinum, silver, elite, whatever yeah, she it is. Might, yeah, she might be platinum already, first season in. <laughs> One for one. <laughs> one for one. Just retire. Ending on top. Um, there was some news around the NFL that we'll mention very quickly, and that's the um, Titans, as you mentioned, moved into the one seed right. for the AFC. If they win this week at Houston, they get the one. They get a first-round bye. Derrick Henry's coming back. Coming back. Titans, I mean – First round by gets him an extra week to heal up. I mean, you don't even have to. I mean, you get another week for him to heal up, and then you get home field advantage the entire playoffs. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, that's crazy to me. How unhealthy they've been with receivers, with Derrick Henry, that they've managed to stay afloat and now have a chance to be the number one seed is is pretty incredible. Um, You know, hats off to Ryan Tannehill, who has managed it. You know, he hasn't looked great at times, but he's he's managed and weathered him through the storm, Uh, you know, coaching job mike rabel he's got to be up there for coach of the year just to be able to deal with all that he has been so it's pretty impressive my patriots still have an outside shot at that number one seed though they need to win they need the titans the chiefs the Bengals, and the bills 
to lose, it's yeah. possible. What you're yeah. saying is there's a chance. You're saying there's a chance. Uh, yeah. All right. Now there you go. We can we can root for different things. I guess next yeah, week. I'm, I'm pumped for the Bengals, man. I'm glad they won that division. I've loved Joe Burrow all year with Jamar Chase. I mean, they're just a fun team to watch. I know they've been up and down, but it seems they're they're really hitting their stride at the end of the season. So I'm pumped that they won the division. Uh, so yeah, good Zach Taylor. You know, just what a guy. Okay. Dude, that team and they and they look stacked for years to come. I mean, that offense oh my gosh. is yeah. stacked. And there's a stat about first team in NFL history to have a four thousand yard passer, two one thousand yard receivers, and a thousand yard rusher all under the age of twenty five or something like that. I mean, like, it's incredible. Come on. Yeah. Um so. Packers uh Packers clinched in the NFC, so they got the number one seed. Uh I think every spot except for one is clinched in the NFC, right? For playoff wise. Yeah, it's between the Niners and the Saints this week. Right. That was it. Which is funny because the Eagles have clinched a spot, but they are technically in the seventh slot. It was, yeah, they've clinched with like a and eight and eight and eight record or something like that. They've clinched they've clinched with like a worse record than the Niners, I think. Um Yeah. But the tiebreakers. It, yeah. It's all about the tiebreakers. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So it'll be interesting. It'll be an interesting final week. Um Packers look look like Yikes. ridiculously good. Yeah. And I think they're getting some I mean, of their key defensive players back. Look out. I mean, second year in a row, the number one seed Buccaneers were able to upset them last year, but man, they're looking strong. I don't think the Bucs can do it this year. I, I, they're not going to inspire power. No, the they're, Bucks they're not going to make up. it. So they're, no. they're in the playoffs. And of course, they're always dangerous because of Brady. But I mean, Surreal Grayson could could be this magical anomaly. Like he could, he could have this ridiculous fill in role, you know, and Tyler Johnson. Hasn't done much, but he could be great. I don't know, but I'm not seeing it this year. Yeah. Uh, we'll get into that on Thursday when we do our pickums and we look for the playoff preview. But how That's about right. some championship week stars, man? I mean, I know we're, we won't talk about some of the, about your matchup necessarily, but I mean, Jamar Chase, we talked about the Bengals briefly, but wow, man. Like what he's this was one, been like, doing. This was incredible. This was incredible, dude. From, a, this from was, the preseason, this was, this the guy can't catch the ball because it's too big. <laughs> Yeah. From a guy who couldn't catch the ball because the, the stripes. stripes aren't there. Yeah. Uh to go into eleven catches for two hundred and sixty six yards and three touchdowns. I think he officially had the highest score in a week for the season, right? Because that was fifty six and a half in our league. Was that I higher than Jonathan that, Taylor's? Uh, yeah, that's higher than Jonathan Taylor's was. I'm th- I'm trying to think if um Justin Herbert had one that was fifty something as well. But yeah, it's yeah. probably the highest probably the highest score of the season. Uh, just insane, just insane. It, it was. He was unguardable. He was. He, he was. I saw. I saw one of the touchdowns. I didn't see all three of them. I saw one of them. I saw one. He caught like a slant and just basically sliced through the entire Kansas City defense and just outran everybody. Like he kicked on the Jets, man, and they just they had no answer for him. And that was a Kansas City defense who had been playing a lot better. I mean, the Chiefs have been looking so full to form and just totally, yeah. you know, as a unit and. um they tore him up. The Bengals did. So wow, it was it was awesome. I'm nervous again if I'm a Chiefs fan because now you know you've got the Bengals or you got to go to the Titans or I mean you're gonna have one of these teams that I don't know. You've been exposed a little bit. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. You want to talk about this guy or no? Nope. I'm gonna skip. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna skip that one. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, my guy, Rashad Penny, son of a gun. So I already I won my that. fifth place. So what, what? So I didn't need to put him in. But of course, he's just, as you talked about, as we talked about, he is a late season bloomer. 
and he takes one week off in the late season. Of course, that was in my playoff game, but that's all right. I'm not going to get upset. Uh, but yeah, he's playing for a contract and he is showing up and Pete Carroll gave him the reins. And that's what he said. They want to see what he can do. This is basically his audition. And he passed. Passed yeah. the flying colors. They I mean, granted, you're, playing, you're playing the Lions, whose defense isn't terrible. But I mean, to do what they did on offense last Sunday was pretty remarkable. And he was a big reason why. So hats off to Rashad Penny. Uh, yeah. Hopefully he's he trying to get paid. Yeah, he blew it up. Devin Singletary, Daryl Williams, Boston Scott. These guys all blew it up. I mean, we're talking 20 plus points championship yep. week. They were hot names on like waiver wire or these are the kind of names where they may not have been available on your waiver. Maybe you had them and you were wondering, am I really going to start one of these guys over a stud? You know, these are the names that I'm talking about. These are the guys that I'm talking about when I say we've got to find the analytics behind this stuff. We got to find a different way to rank, a different way to look at players and matchups and and what kind of situation they're in and all that. Uh, those those three guys got those four guys, including Penny, all got you over twenty points. Those are top ten running backs this week, and they blew it up. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Damian Williams and Ramondre Stevenson both had two touchdowns. Ramondre ended up getting more work because Damian went down with a hamstring injury. Another stud. Uh, AJ Dillon two touchdowns. Another stud. When it gets cold, shout out for for you and AJ Dillon. AJ Dillon, I'm I'm happy about him. When he gets cold in Green Bay, they love pounding the rock with this guy because he's so big and it hurts to hit him, and they know yep. it. And so, I was watching the game and was like, dude, they're all of a sudden like second half. I'm like, yeah, they're they're not running Aaron Jones as much. This looks like feels like an AJ Dillon drive. And so I just put ten bucks down on him to score the next touchdown in the game, which is not like if they don't score this possession, like could be a Viking or it could come back to the next possession, whatever. Right. Well, I ended up making a hundred bucks on that deal, and I was like, "Hey, screw it, they're going to do it again." So I put ten more bucks down. He did it again, made another hundred bucks. <laughs> I was like, "You know what?" The fantasy gods gave me a little bit of a little something there, and I was like, "You know Very what?" Simple. Thank you, I appreciate you. <laughs> I'm still salty, but that does help a little bit. That helps a little bit. Yeah. Um, Talk about the coldness too. Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf. My goodness, did they show up? They was this the first time of the year they finally decided to show up? Because I mean, obviously Russell with his mallet finger, he's been out for a while and he was still finding his form. Uh, and DK Metcalf, man, he just couldn't find his rhythm this year. He's been up and down and, and really just kind of disappearing for a lot of the season. But man, when they finally showed up, they did it in a big way. So what do you think about that that duo of Wilson and Metcalf? So here's the problem with Metcalf is. You were too nervous to start him, I think, in most cases because he'd, he'd been such a dud, and and I would understand that. Russell, we talked about him quite a bit last week, just kind of trying to figure out like is the mo- and this is not, I don't think this is like our fault, but like trying to figure out is the motivation going to be there for him to ball out, or is it too mm-hmm. distracting, or is it like hey we think this will probably be his last game? And then the reports before the game came out like this probably will be the last home game for Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson, which means like one of them's got to go, kind of thing, <laughs> or both. So we weren't sure what to expect there. Um, I <laughs> I had a feeling he might do something like this, but then of course he also got the weather. And you're not sure how that's going to go. Whatever. Like I had a feeling he might do something like this. Um, I did not start him. I started Jalen Hurts, which I'm not that mad about. I mean, listen, Jalen didn't do much. Russell blew up. That didn't cost me a championship. No. Um, Russell had a lot, a lot better game. Uh, my mom did start Russell Wilson and got her a championship. So good for her. <laughs> good uh, but she also, she did bench DK Metcalf. So you win some, you lose some, but um, yeah, I Russ has been looking better as he's gotten healthier. This was kind of a good spot, honestly. And, and truthfully, the weather may have helped in, in his case. Cause like in, you live in Seattle, you're used to this. And so True. these guys practice in this, they play in it all the time. He knows how to play in it. 
I do think there were some emotions there. I think they he wanted to just ball out, and so he did. He threw three, three, four touchdowns. He threw four touchdowns. Um, that just turned into like a a great offensive game for everybody, everybody involved. That was fun to watch. It was fun to see yeah. them kind of get back to that because Seahawks were just kind of sorry this year, and it's it was good to see them get back to what they can be doing. Um, sort of a thanks anyway. for the memories kind of game. Yeah, exactly. Little throwback and goodbye. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was fun. So what do we think, man? Do we want to talk about our fantasy MVPs or do you want to talk about some young guys that we should consider for next year? Let's hit our fantasy MVPs and then we'll talk about um, some of the guys and some of the reasons you need to keep watching games here, but some of the guys to keep your eye on and to remember for next year as well. Sounds great to me. All right, you want to start us out? So here's what we did. We broke it down by position. We did uh, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. Uh, we we named an MVP at each position, and then we kind of talked about a few guys uh, in that category as why they were in consideration and whatnot. So, Kemp, you want to start us off with quarterback? You want me to go? Yeah, I'll, I'll start off with quarterback here, and then um, you can give us your MVP, and then we'll both kind of talk through some other guys that we had on the list here as well. Sounds good, homie. So my my quarterback MVP – is Joe Burrow. And for me, and there were, there were players who scored more points, like Josh Allen was the number one quarterback, uh, scored more points season long. Joe Burrow was serviceable all year long. He had some really solid weeks. We're talking in our league where you get six points for touchdown, mid-20s, pretty much every game. There were a few weeks he was kind of duds, but like for the most part, mid-20s to 30s, a couple, couple that shoot up. He absolutely won you your championship, though. If you had him and that's not the only, the only reason he's an MVP. I mean, you need that consistency all season long. Cause you have to win every week too. He didn't hurt you in your starting lineup. He helped you a couple weeks where he had monster games, but he was, he was really good and competitive all year long. And then when you needed him most, he just went nuts last two weeks, 40 and 45 points or something crazy like that. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a championship winning quarterback for you. And so, um, again, I think there's an easy case to be made for Josh Allen. Cause he's a top scorer and he had, a, he had a bunch of these weeks where he went nuts he had a few duds. He also got Burrow like way later. He was like the 13th round in our draft. And so to get a guy that late that can have that kind of an impact, I think um, that's huge. He was in our perfect draft strategy sheet. We mm-hmm. talked about him and Jalen Hurts, who both were money in the bank. Um, so I think if you if you took him as maybe even a second quarterback, you got to use him as your first all year. No question. Uh, and I think you and I kind of went with this in a, in a similar ranking system it wasn't because as you said josh allen was technically had the most fantasy points and stuff like that but uh i kind of also looked at it as value for where you got him as well and i had burrow actually as my number two so yeah i mean he's right up there with i was right there with you because again he was picked so late and for what he did was amazing so my mvp and this is not any bias because he was on my team or anything but i honestly thought it was tom brady just because of where he was drafted and what he was doing you know he was technically the second quarterback points wise but he was looking at, you know, 10th quarterback drafted. I mean, I got him in the, I want to say the ninth round or something, ninth or 10th. I think 10th or 11th, maybe. I mean, he was, it was at the point where like everyone had a quarterback. So right. you, you honestly, like, he could have, he could have fallen even further. Yeah. <laughs> so I was, was basically incredible. deciding what was crazy is I was deciding between Brady and Rogers. Actually, Rogers might've been picked right before him, but anyway, yeah. the fact that it, you're able to get that guy so late and he might've had two duds on the year, but then he was constantly, 
you know, even last week or this past weekend, you know, wasn't looking great, wasn't looking great. And then fourth quarter, boom, you know, he's coming in clutch time, especially when the game's on the line, and he ends up getting you 30-some points. He averaged probably about 27 points on the season, which is spectacular for a quarterback, yeah. and it was consistent. Yeah. Um, so that's why Brady was my number one, just for what he obviously did on the field and also just because of where he was drafted. So I just thought there was no way um, he couldn't have been considered the why he wouldn't be the MVP for those two reasons. But I yeah. too had Burrow was right there. It was between him and Burrow for me, but I, I did put Burrow number two. Same here. I had Brady at two, and I think for all the same reasons. You got these guys late in your draft, and Brady was better all year long. The difference for me was, uh, was he that much better than Burrow? Yeah, he was better pretty much every game, but in the championship two weeks there, Burrow just went oh, ballistic. And yeah. I think that's just – we've talked about this a lot. You, you play this game, you have to win each week, you know, and, and you have to look at each week – differently you have to look at each week as its own season kind of mm-hmm. thing and it's like yeah you have to do some preparation for the future you have to have some guys you can stash because they might go off later you gotta have handcuffs because you don't know what's going to happen but like if you need to pick up a hot player i made it to the championship in another league and i didn't have a starting running back i mean i was just i was like javante williams Whew. for denver i had saquon who was completely unreliable not only Very. was he injured for a lot of the year but when he played he was terrible and so i'm like end of season like picking up like oh i got daryl williams this week I'll, I'll, I'll play next week next week next week shows up someone's injured i'm like okay now i'm gonna play uh duke johnson okay pop him in here it's like okay now i've got deontay foreman to throw him in here like it was it was running back roulette you know it was just yeah. like a different guy each each week and you can do that um but i, I would say these guys are set it and forget it thankfully He's the um, set it and forget it guys right so you just you plug him in there you're good to go it's one less thing to worry about that's what makes them so valuable for sure uh, so just a quick rundown. After Burrow, I had Aaron Rodgers. Again, it's very similar to Brady. Had the huge numbers. And also, he was getting drafted so late. So that's why he was he was top three for me. Then I had Josh Allen just because he was a stud. He did have, I think there's honestly like a three or four week span where he was kind of duddish. But then when he was on, he was on. Uh, yeah. Followed up by Matty Stafford, definitely the first half of the year. My gosh, he was MVP legit candidate in the league. And then, you know, he's kind of tailed off with the, the multiple interception games. But. I mean, he was great. And then rounded off with the number one quarterback taken overall, Patty Mahomes. Uh, but he wasn't in my top five just because of all the other stuff that went on. And just because he was always the first quarterback picked, he needed to do more. Yeah, I agree with I agree with all those names. Um, two others I would throw out there. Jalen Hurts, man, I, I just maybe because I had him on my team. He was rock solid. He was. he was not a great NFL quarterback for a lot of the season. He got better, I think, as the season went on but he was a great fantasy quarterback. He was 20 points or more almost every single game, a lot of rushing usage, a lot of rushing touchdowns. He was a top five quarterback pretty much all year long until these last couple weeks. He, he has not been great in the last two weeks. That's the one thing that I'd say about him is like, uh, you hoped you had somebody else in the fantasy championships, you know, but um, he was, he was great all season long. I started him over Wilson pretty much all season and it was the right call pretty much yeah. all season. Oh, hundred percent. And he was again, like Burrow, like he was, 12th or 13th round draft pick, you know? Yeah. And then the other guy I'd mention it at least is Herbert. Obviously like he was drafted pretty high. He was, you know, fifth or sixth quarterback taken off the board. Um, kind of in that sixth, seventh round range. He was a bit up and down, but when he was, when he was up, it was like was up. week winning up. I mean, highest point total for a quarterback all season up um, a couple of those like 30 and 40 point games. And they maybe drop like a 15 on you. And you're kind of like, ah, crap, you know, but he was that, he was that guy that like he could win your week. He rarely lost year week, but he had a couple of duds, but he had the upside that seemingly nobody else had. 
Well, him and Burrow are always going to be linked just because they're in the same draft class. They're only four picks apart. And I mean, honestly, you could you could easily make a case for Herbert being a fantasy MVP because if you look at the stats, him and Burrow were basically right there with each other. Um, yeah. So everything you said, he was a little bit up and down. But these two guys will be here for a while. You'll be hearing their names a long time and they'll always be linked. So real excited to watch to that. They do. That is yeah. fun to watch. A lot more exciting than uh, Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota, who were linked <laughs> as well. <laughs> they like, linked. Which one's going to be better? It's like, which one's going to be worse? Like, who's, gonna, one, who's still in the league? Who's going to um, fizzle out first? Who got picked when Jamarcus Russell went one? Was there a quarterback taken two? Or was that just such like a terrible draft class for quarterbacks? Oh, God. Like, oh God, we have to take Jamarcus. I don't remember a quarterback going two after him. We'll have to look at stat point for that one. Yeah, we'll check that. Let's see. The other ones were Jared Goff one, Carson Wentz two. I mean, they'll be linked. Both been to a, a Super Bowl. Neither. Well, I think that they mentioned this a lot last night. You got obviously got Eli and Ben and right. Rivers. That was like an incredible quarterback draft. And those weren't like one two, but they were top you know ten, one, 15, four, and like nine. I want to say so, some somewhere in that range. But I mean, that's that's a great quarterback draft right there, right? Yeah. So. It's- We'll see. So, yeah. Hopefully these these four clowns from this year will turn out that way. Yeah, <laughs> I don't right. know how much about old Zach Wilson it's right now. Questionable right now. All right, let's move on to running backs. I think we both know who our, our MVP is going to be. I'm going to start just because you started yeah. quarterbacks, but I think it's pretty obvious. Uh, well, had Derrick Henry not gone down, I think it was definitely going to be Derrick Henry. But we got to say it up, give it up to Simba, Jonathan Taylor, Thomas himself. I mean, he was absurd, basically. After the first three games, he was untouchable, uh, especially in that late season where you had stretches of 30 points, 40 points, 50 points. It's like, okay, man, this is just <laughs> O Jackson, Tecmo Bowl style. So, um, I mean, he was unbelievable. So he was definitely the MVP for me, and it, was, it wasn't it was close. Um, had yeah, Derrick Henry still been there, it would have been different, but yeah, it, it would have been a lot closer there because Henry got off to such a hot start and was putting up the same numbers earlier. So he would have had a head start on Taylor. Taylor's numbers look very similar to Henry's, though. If you look at, like, even box scores, I mean, he's not catching a lot of passes, no. honestly, which, <laughs> no. which is unfortunate because he can, and he's a lot shiftier than Henry. Um, he's not as big, obviously, but he's a downhill runner. Um, he runs more like he, he kind of reminds me more, I guess, of like an AP, you know, than mm-hmm. uh, Derek Henry's. Just he's a, in a league of his own. Well, but, I think, yeah, I agree. I think kind of the the difference between these two guys and the rest of the running back crew is that. They are your true give it to this guy 28 to 35 times a game. Yeah. And yep. I mean, because you don't see that very often now in the NFL. It's all split backfields like, oh, this is our third down back. Oh, this is our catching receiver or our catching back. But no, it's like, nope, these guys are in every down. We don't give a crap if they catch the ball. If they do, awesome. That's a huge bonus. Yeah, but it's a bonus. We're going to give yeah. it to this guy 30 times a game and he's going to make you pay. Um, and he's a true workhorse. Like, you remember, like, yeah. Jamal Lewis used to do this for the Ravens, but like, he would get 30 carries for like, for like ninety yards, you know, it was like a it was like a different, it was like a different animal. Like this is yeah. legit. You give you give Derrick Henry or Jonathan Taylor thirty carries, they're gonna get two hundred yards. Like these guys are just gonna go off. There's a couple other backs that do that in the league right now. They get that kind of workload. Like Joe Mixon gets that sometimes. Sometimes Dalvin Cook gets that sometimes. Sometimes, but yeah, I see. I disagree. I don't think Dalvin Cook does get that same kind of workload because he's well, too, he gets he's injured by the twenty two. Carry 22, he gets injured. But then Madison comes in, he gets think, 25 carries. I think a guy who will eventually be that guy is probably Najee Harris. And he was Najee on my Harris. list. But if yeah. you look at the rest of my list, you know, I, I, number two, I had Austin Eckler. 
And he's not a guy who's going to get 25 to 30 carries. Mm-hmm. He'll get you about 15 carries, but he's also going to get you six or seven catches a game. And I think yeah. that's his, his versatility. He, I think he had 800 yards rushing so far and, and 700 yards receiving, which is yeah. unbelievable. He's a, he's a PPR stud is what he yeah. is. So he was a, he was RB two in our league. And I just, I loved his versatility. Uh, also my list was unfortunately I had to say it is Joe Mixon as we talked about he's probably the closest to one of those workhorses he still splits it a little bit um, but I mean he had a great year Uh, another guy and this was the reason why this guy is so high is also where he was drafted and unfortunately I traded him away at the wrong time but it was Leonard Fournette because I got him honestly in the 12th round because at that point weren't sure if he was going to be split with Ronald Jones if Ronald Jones was the guy so I, I reached out well I didn't reach on him I took a chance on him and it it paid off well because he had a great year, especially in the second half. My goodness, he was he was looking untouchable before he got hurt. Yep. So uh, he definitely made it up there. And then, as we mentioned, I, I also had Najee Harris. Just He hit a little bit of a rookie wall towards the end of the season, but um, his yards per average weren't great, but he was probably the next generation of workhorse that you could see in the Taylor slash Henry mold. Yeah, he's and he, God, he's a physical dude. I don't know if you watched the game last night, he stuck some dude in the ground, like just buried, <laughs> buried him with a stiff arm. And this is a little corner, but like, I mean, he basically picked him up with one hand, put him straight down, tripped over him on his way. <laughs> like, my favorite is like, I almost prefer they trip over you and be like, oh, I got tackled because I, I, I got mangled in the heap of a human that I left on the ground. <laughs> I actually kind of prefer that. But yeah, and, and another guy that you and I both talked about, um, which kind of sort of in a weird way revolutionized the game this year is Cordero Patterson. This was this was wild, man. So not only was he a receiver his whole career that became a running back, but he had dual eligibility in the whole fantasy sites. So like you could like you want to talk about versatility, like you could plug this guy in anywhere. And I was I was pulling rankings, you know, like I'd mentioned for every week of the year, top 25 at every position. And I kept having to like pull his name out of the receiver rankings because he was always in like the top 10 receivers or top 15 receivers. And I'd already included him in the running back list. I didn't want to include him in both. And I was like, Oh shoot, forgot. He's already in the running back list. Like he just, there's a guy that you could put in any position and mm-hmm. help you out. And he was so clutch for so long until he that was. entry, he was great. So you got probably 12 weeks of really great production on him. That's MVP caliber stuff. The guy wasn't even drafted. I was going to say, cause especially cause you picked him up. So that's the other kicker. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's a good running back list. Yeah. Well, no, I was going to say good list, but I also say good transition since our boy Corderell can also play wide receiver. That's true. So we'll go to his old brethren, his old stomping grounds here, the wide receivers. Uh, we both agree on this one, although there's some other interesting names here. You, how do you not take Cooper Cup, right? I mean, yeah. the year this guy's had is absolutely incredible. Um, he had double digits every week, he had 11 points in one game, and then 15 plus in every other one. He only went under 23 times all year. <laughs> I, I mean, just That's so incredible, <laughs> incredible. This is like, this reminded me of Christian McCaffrey. It really did. Like you just knew every week was gonna be 20 plus. Oh yeah. I've never seen anything like it as a receiver. I know there have been more prolific seasons, but this is as consistent and as money in the bank as it gets. So do you put that as, does that speak more to what Matthew Stafford was able to do in that offense? Like, and how good he has been, or is it how bad Jared Goff was, or did Cooper cup just turn on another level? Like where, why, why, why? My personal thought is partly Cooper cup turning on another level, but more the connection with Stafford. It's not even that Stafford is, tremendously better than golf. And I do think he's better than golf, but he's better than golf. I don't know. He's like tremendously like Stafford. He's got like five picks the last two games, right? He's not, he's clearly 
not invincible. He's flawed, right? yeah. But he's he's a he's a damn good quarterback. Um, but I just think that there's a special connection, you know, and you see that sometimes. Devontae Adams is the same way. Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers, granted, they're both incredibly good, incredibly good. There's also, on top of that, there's also this ridiculous connection. And so I think that that I didn't give that enough credit. I didn't hear that preseason. Mm-hmm. Other people heard that and mentioned it and like, oh, remember we told you like there was great chemistry between the two of them. And so you're kind of like, shit, I wish I wish I'd have heard that more because that's exactly what it was to me. That, that was just those two yeah. guys clicked immediately. They practiced more together like offseason. They were running routes together like Brady used to do this. He'd take his guys out to the yep. beach or whatever, and they just throw they throw balls around all day, you know. And and that's what I was gonna say. You kind of liken it to uh, a Brady to oh, Edelman. Edelman. Yeah, yeah. It's just you get that once you get that chemistry, you know where the you can predict what the other guy's gonna do, especially if it's in a scramble mode, or you know where they want it the best. Like that makes a big difference. And yep. um, you saw it there. Pop quiz: Where did Cooper Cup go to school? Eastern Washington. Eastern Washington. Can you name their mo- their logo or their mascot? Excuse me. It's a red, like an eagle of some kind. It is a red eagle. You are correct. Yeah. Well done. Yeah, they had a, they had one season a couple of years ago where the quarterback put up like forty five hundred yards, and I think he transferred to Washington maybe or somewhere else. But uh, it was Cooper Cup, and it was also um, there's another NFL receiver that played with him there. I'll think of it in a minute. Okay. The only um, reason why I know yeah. Eastern Washington is remember back in the day, like NCAA, um, either football or basketball, you could do like a dynasty mode where, you know, you got to rise to the ranks. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I think I started with the was Northern, your first coaching job. <laughs> my first, no, my first coaching job was Northern Colorado golden bears. And, uh, we were in the same conference as Eastern Washington. So nice. <laughs> nice. By the way, I took a job at TCU, then moved on to Syracuse and won a national title there. So it was a good time. Hey. Good on you, man. Great yeah. job. You know, it's good job. coaching tree. Uh, so yeah, obviously Cooper Cup was the runaway favorite. Uh, after him, I had it was super close between Devonte Adams and Debo Samuel, just because. I mean, we talked about Devonte Adams. It's just it, it just he's consistent beyond consistent beyond consistent, and you pair him with the MVP quarterback and Aaron Rodgers, and you know what you're going to get there. Uh, it's something special what they have. It's going to be super sad when they split up next year, whether it be if one of them leaves, if both of them leaves. Uh, that's going to be sad for the league, but also the league is going to be breathing a huge sigh of relief. But um, I mean, it's been ridiculous what both of those, uh, what Aaron Rodgers and Devontae have done at the end of the year. And we talked about Debo. You had him all year and um, I'm going to mention him a little bit later, but my gosh, for where he was drafted again, his value was unprecedented because he's getting picked in ninth, ninth round, 10th round. And he had over a thousand yards, I think within the first 13 games of the year, he did switch to running back, which was kind of funky, which obviously hurt his receiving yards, but he still did fairly well as a running back. He still got multiple touchdowns as a running back, which was pretty much every runners. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, his was a funky year, but a great year. Um, and then the last guy I'm going to say is Jamar Chase. We've mentioned him again. Just guy couldn't catch the ball preseason. Nobody wants to pick him. Stay away. Get him in the 10th round. And my gosh, you'll be glad you did because he was top five wide receiver on the year. So there's, there's my list, man. Yeah, dude, I, I completely agree. So every year Devonte Adams is just a freak. And, and I don't know why I was kind of like, ah, I don't know if he can do it again this year, but like, it's just set and forget it, man. As long as Rogers is there, the two of them are just incredible. They're unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Debo I completely agree. It was weird. When we went to running back, although he scored a touchdown, I think every game he was a running back. So like, I think it, he did kind of weren't like that upset, but it, it was just, it was harder to watch on stat trackers. It was harder to follow in the game because you're like, why are you getting one catch? Why are you getting like one target? <laughs> it was so weird, but you'd still get like, you know, 15, 20 points. 
Uh, but then they then they had another game where they threw him the Titans game on Thursday night. He got like eight catches for 170 yards and a touchdown. Like I'm mean, just like, okay, that's what I want to see, you know? Right. So I don't know. That was a that was an up and down uh, player for sure, but uh, phenomenal all year long. Mm-hmm. Um, and I agree, probably on a ton of championship rosters and playoff teams and all that. And then Jamar, to your point, like not only was he great to start the year. Kind of went away for a little bit there in the middle. You never benched him, I don't think. And then he won you a championship because you just had the 55-point game this week. I mean, good grief. Yeah, my gosh. Although, I do throw back to week two. Remember, he was we did rookie wide receivers for a do-it-bet of the week. And I think you took Devontae Smith, and I took Jamar Chase. <laughs> and going in, like, Devontae Smith, I think, had two catches for, like, 20 oh, yards. So and yeah. at the time, like, with a minute left in the game, Jamar Chase had, like, one for 15. So you were technically winning. And then, like, the last play of the game, he got, like, a 30-yard touchdown. You're like, this is some bullshit. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> Little did we know what was to come of one Jamar Chase. So that was, yep. he was fun to watch. Stat boy wanted to jump in the ear here and said it was Kendrick Bourne was the other. Eastern Kendrick Bourne. Patriot. Yep. Great. Patriot. There he I is. thought it was a Patriot. Yeah. Okay. Former, former 49er. Former Niner. All right. All right. Let's jump to tight ends here. Uh, this is a little bit of an easier discussion at this point, although yeah. not probably who we thought it would be going into the season. Nope. I think you're always looking at Kelsey for this one. And uh, it's not like he had a terrible year. He didn't have the same year he normally has. But he's still a league winner. I mean, he's still like, yeah, I think it was number two tight end on the year, but this year it was the Mark Andrews show. And mm-hmm. especially in the last half of the season, the dude just went ballistic. Went off. Uh, and, I mean, the one thing on Kelsey too is, you know, obviously he had the COVID week return, but then he did have, I want to say two or three kind of duds um, where he, he had five or under points, which is kind of crazy to see, which you, you would never expect. How is that even possible? You figure he's going to get two catches for 30 yards, but um, so yeah, granted, you're not going to be unhappy if you have Travis Kelsey on your team. The one knock would be that you obviously picked him really high. Obviously, Mark Andrews wasn't going as high in, in leagues in their drafts. But, uh, yeah, Mark Andrews was amazing. Kelsey had a great year. Don't get me wrong. But just for where you picked him, he's he's got to go in that two slot. Uh, and I think, too, with Kelsey, like to, to your point, just to jump in here, like yeah. he had that like 40-point week, the first round of the playoffs. A lot of some then, people had like a bye. And then he and they had COVID and it didn't play. So, like, when you needed him most, he wasn't there, yeah. you know? Well, it helped me because he helped me get into the playoffs because he threw that five-point dudder against me, so I was able to sneak into the playoffs. But then I play him again first round, and then he drops the 40. It's like, okay. (laughs) All right. Well, that was fun. Um, So here's where you and I differ a little bit. Uh, I put Dalton Schultz actually as number three. And again, the reason why I'm putting him there is based on the value. He was a guy who wasn't drafted. You know, no one had this guy drafted. Wasn't sure if it was going to be the Blake Jarwin show in Dallas or, or how they were yeah. going to split that that tight end show. But it became quite evident. And you know, he was one of our waiver wire picks early in the year, and it claimed to be right. So, I mean, he was good. He he was a very solid, serviceable tight end in the wasteland that is his position. And to say solid and serviceable at number three speaks a lot to yeah. how dirt the position is. <laughs> yeah. But you know, he would have weeks where he could get you mid twenties points, and he wasn't going to get you anything lower than nine. And, which is just what you need from a tight end. So, especially with all the injuries they had in Dallas, exactly. anytime any receivers out, he became like the number two or three option, and well, that was so about, valuable. Exactly, and you talk about injuries; he didn't get hurt. You know, you, you yeah. talk about a George Kittle. I, I drafted him, and he was frustrating because he's got the talent, but he gets hurt. And you talk about Gronk, great talent, but he gets hurt. Schultz yep. was there all year, so that's, that's why I put him there at three. That's fair. Yeah, I like Gronk and Kittle. Uh, I looked at Schultz too. Schultz was like 
probably the best like classic tight end you're going to get. And yeah. it's sort of sort of like Friar Muth was kind of like a surprise in that same way. Like he wasn't quite as good as Schultz, but like he would get you like t- about 10 points a week, you know, mm-hmm. and Schultz was had a, a slightly higher ceiling. Like he could probably get more like 13 to 15 to 16 range and occasionally get you like 22 and occasionally get you like seven. But it's yep. like kind of pretty steady in that range there. So, yeah, I agree. Consistency wise, Schultz was money in the bank. Um, Gronk for me, like when he's healthy and when he isn't trying to force his way on the field too early, but when he's healthy, healthy, um, he's a difference maker. Yes. He had some monster weeks and Kittle again, when he was healthy, he was great. You know, it's just that that is a problem when you're not healthy. You got to, you're going to the waiver wire to find tight ends. It's like dart, total dart throws. Right. Um, he got you into the playoffs. He dropped 70 points in two games, two weeks. Then Then he completely fell flat, you know, four points each last two games. So, I don't know. He uh, he hurt you if you had him in the playoffs. I had him on that championship team where I had Saquon and the running back carousel and couldn't get it done. Yeah. Yeah. All right. There's the MVPs. Yeah. There's our MVPs. Do you want to give an overall one or you like sticking with the the, uh, position wise? Because I have I have a player who I would call. It's not your, your MVP per se, but it's it's the most valued player like had the most value based on draft and performance so i have that guy for me do you have that guy yeah. for you let's hear who you got i think this is interesting you came up with this so so my most valued guy again this is based on performance and based on where they're draft uh i went with debo samuel it's just kind of overall most value because again he was going no earlier than ninth or tenth round in just about all the leagues that we were in and then all in, in the research we were looking at and to have the season he did for that position group and where he got drafted is, is unprecedented. And then you were also looking at, again, we looked at the championship teams. He was on the championship team uh, or a championship game in our league. He was on a championship game in my neighborhood league. And then, you know, we dove deeper. He was, uh, he was top three in appearances and top 500 public leagues in the, as uh, for success. So, I mean, for me, that's, that's gotta be the most valued player this season in fantasy. I think he's one of the best storylines of the year, and I'd say I agree with you. Like, I think Cooper Cup is like, well, kind of steals. Right. He steals the show from the wide receiver standpoint, but he was also drafted like the fifth or sixth round. Like, he knew he was going to be really good. He didn't know he'd be this this good. good, but yeah. Debo like fell off the radar for people. I think we'd seen it before where he was like really good, but then like Ayuk had this great second half of the season last year when Debo was hurt. Debo was always injured and all this kind of stuff. Like, I just I hadn't really watched the guy play live that much Mm -hmm. to realize how much of a freak he is yeah Debo Samuel is a bad bad man (laughs) that is not somebody you want to see in the open field he is tall he is thick he seeks out contact big boy I mean he's a big dude I love it I love him and love watching him play and so yeah I I can't disagree with you because he he carried my team all season he was he was an x-factor for me so is he sure. your, your most valued player as well? I think it, based on the, that criteria, I think I agree with you. Yeah, okay. I mean, I think I think he's a guy that you got in that real late in the draft that could have easily just won your league for you. Because like we talked about before, the players that go in that range are compliments oh, the to the makers. players that are the foundation of your team. Yeah. And if you can also, like I ended up with Jonathan Taylor and Debo Samuels, like those two together are going to put up 60 points. It's like, right. okay, all I need is like 10 from everybody else and I'm probably going to win, you know? And, and so like knowing you had that every week was like, what a huge advantage. And I mean, you'll, you'll say like, oh, well, you got a Tom Brady or an Aaron Rodgers in the 10th and 11th round as well. But the difference is, you know, with quarterbacks, especially the scoring is a little more inflated. So the, 
you can sit on a quarterback and wait, and you still have that expectation that those points are going to be there. When you pick Debo Samuel in the 10th round, you weren't even necessarily expecting him to start. I don't think you started him week one and he, he got, he dropped no. 30 points, but you didn't start him. You picked him no. as a bench guy who could, you know, you'd watch him throughout the year and see if maybe he could sneak in your lineup. So the fact that again, I picked Tom Brady in the 10th round saying he's going to be my starter because I know he's going to, he's still going to perform. I just don't need to reach on getting one of the quote unquote top tier quarterbacks. But yeah. when you picked Debo Samuel there, he's not even on your radar as a top 20 wide receiver. You're just picking him there because like, okay, I'll, I'll reach on this guy and, and see if he can make it. So that's, yeah, I just think it's hands down. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. And quarterbacks too, like they, they kind of get littered throughout all the different rounds and they don't, and they only really go because you only really draft probably about 15 of them get drafted. So it's not like receivers where you draft like 70 receivers across a league yeah. and you just hope you get the right three or whatever, you know, like 15 guys get drafted. So like one goes in like the, you know, Mahomes probably went second or third round. Allen third or fourth and then there's like a break for a little bit Kyler. and like someone jumps in Kyler and Lamar and Herbert go in there and like so those guys are like fifth round you know and Dak and Russell are like six seventh so like they're they're kind of gradually going yeah whereas receivers like you got a couple in the first round several in the second round a ton in the third round like you talk about runs guys go. people go yeah. on runs yeah. <laughs> people go on runs they're big time and then then it kind of falls off and you start hitting these dart throws and see what happens just for so, comparison's sake after the draft my third receiver was Robbie Anderson Huzzah! Oh That's a, <laughs> actually a perfect lead into the notable busts of this season. Let's do it. <laughs> I think Robbie Anderson is definitely on that list. Um, uh, I'm going to kick it off with a couple of other names, though. First, we got Saquon, who, ugh, it's just been sad, man. Like, not, of course, injuries play into it, and you can't really count on that for like a bust standpoint. But you did take him probably in your first round, and so oh, like, he was 100. percent You need to be thinking about, is this guy going to get injured? That should factor into, like we say, you can't win your your league in the first round, but you can lose it. Like You can lose it if you draft a guy that you knew good and well had a really strong injury history, and I think CMC is going to be the same way going forward for people. Yeah. Well, with Saquon, too, like even coming into the season, he still – there were still question marks about his previous injury. So it's not like, yes, he's an injury-prone guy, but it's like he's still not – 100%. 100%. It wasn't 100% coming in. Yeah. So that true. should have been the first red flag. Um, but yes, and then obviously he gets hurt again and never regained his form. So yes, he was definitely a, a, a disappointment for sure. How about Allen Robinson, who was like a late second, early third round guy? You know, uh, like. See, I I disagree because I wasn't high on Allen Robinson at all. I love the guy. I loved him at Penn State. He was awesome his first couple of years with Jacksonville and even his first year in Chicago was great. But see, I don't, I don't necessarily see that as a bust because I didn't have him high anyway. Uh, so he did. What did you I have thought. him in your top 100 receivers? Because I don't think he finished <laughs> in the top 100. <laughs> yes, he was in my top 100. So, okay, if that's the qualifications, then yes, he was a bust. But, uh, <laughs> so, yes, in those terms, people did have high hopes for him and high ranks. But as the reason why with our do it bet board for the season, I didn't have high hopes in Chicago as, as in general. But, yes, people definitely did expect more of him. Uh, he has a huge talent and then just nothing got going well for him in Chicago. So, yeah, just, I was, just awful, man. Just, just awful. Um, Antonio Gibson, I think is a bust. I mean, like he was a first or second round guy, mostly second round guy and just didn't, I don't know, man, it was weird in Washington. He couldn't get it going. Then he had this shin injury. He was bad. And then he got like really kind of good for a minute there. And then he was like bad again. Like, I don't know. That was, that was not pretty. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It was not pretty. Well, it was not a good, not know, a good you, experience with him. I feel like Washington too was just a bust because I feel like Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin were two of the hottest names coming into the preseason. Like 
watch out for Washington. They got, you know, a, a more than serviceable quarterback and, and Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, he can do some big things. You know, he, he's, he's a uh, buster go home or no, that's the same thing. It's go big or bust. So like they were kind of excited with him in there. So yeah, I just think Washington football team as a generality was a bust just because those two names, especially um, people just had high hopes. Yeah, those are both busts for me too. I agree. Um, I think Clyde Edwards-Alaire was a bust in, in my opinion. You know, he's had a couple of good games, and he's and, I, and by good I mean like twenty pointers. Like he's had a couple of pretty big games, but he had trouble getting in the end zone early in the season. Obviously, the injuries. I don't, again, I don't want to hold that against him necessarily, but even then, he started to get healthy, and they're kind of like, I don't know, we sort of like Daryl Williams. Like I don't know, <laughs> like maybe we'll split time with him, and then all of a sudden, here we are. You know, when you need him most, he's not there for you. So that's a bust for me. Yeah, I mean, again, for where he was taken, it was definitely a bust. You know, I was a Clyde Edwards Hilaire uh, apologist, so you know, I, I picked him those those few weeks in daily fantasy, which he did well for me, by the way. He did but, do well in daily fantasy for you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, for where he was drafted, definitely a bust. Uh, I'll, I'll give you that for sure. Um, um, DeAndre Hopkins, what yeah, do you think, man? You stole you, him from me. I was about to say it, but yeah, no, a hundred percent. You know, he was yeah. on my team. Incredibly frustrating. Uh, what was odd is he became touchdown dependent. And yeah. I don't know if it was because there were such talent around him in Arizona. Um, but actually, you know, it's a little bit of shame on me because I should have looked back at last season. He didn't have as many receptions as he typically did with Kyler in his first year with Kyler. And I don't know if it's just a different offensive style, getting more people involved. But no, 100% with the bust, uh, touchdown reliant, and he got hurt. So definitely not worth my first wide receiver taken, second overall pick. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Uh, I think to your point, the touchdown dependency, like he was good for probably about 10 points. Which you can't and, have. And if you get, a, you get a touchdown, it's like 16 to 18 or whatever. Like that's not good enough for DeAndre Hopkins. It's no. second round pick, you know, like, it's not going to work. So I agree. A couple other names here, uh, middle rounds, like Miles Sanders. That thing was, that was a weird, it was a weird year for the build up your running backs. Big time. Buh. Julio Jones, mega bust. I mean, yeah. he wasn't. No one was like super high on him, but he was probably like a sixth or seventh rounder thinking he'd be a steal if he goes off in Tennessee. Oh, it'll be like your third guy. If he's your third wide receiver, preseason, you're like, I'll take that as my third receiver. That's yeah. great. But nope. I mean, he was getting picked before Adam Thalen. He was getting picked before Jerry Judy. He was getting picked before Damian Harris. So that's, those are, <laughs> those are. Jerry Judy, you said? Because I've got him as a bust yes. this year as well. He was. Obviously had some injury issues, but even when he played that Denver passing offense Denver. has been terrible. Woof terrible Robbie Anderson we talked about him coming off a yeah. great year last year you thought man he's gonna he's gonna go nuts man he's got second year in the system with Matt Rule again nah nope. just nah not good at all and the last all right. name I've got on here is Mike Davis who it yeah. wasn't an early round pick but there's like hey he's the guy in Atlanta and everyone kept saying they're gonna go out and get somebody else they gotta get somebody else Mike Davis is like 35 but he came off that good year filling in for CMC in Carolina. You thought, okay, this guy's got some, he's got some gas in the tank. They didn't get anybody else. So you're like, well, shoot, I guess Mike Davis is the guy. I'm going to, I'm going to draft him like an RB one. Come to find out they were going to do this quarter thing. And oops, Mike Davis was terrible. Yeah. I mean, he, he put up double digit points in a bunch of, a bunch of games, but it was ugly. It was gross. Well, Falcons, but yeah, it was. So he, I, I'll definitely give you that guy. Yeah. Um. So what should we watch? you know, with these young players at the second half end of the year, who should we consider for next year? Who are these young guys that we should say that aren't busts? And these are guys like, Hey, get on your radar. So this is the time we talked about this last episode. This is the time of the season where you can kind of get an idea of what might happen next year. And you can start to see some of the guys who ball out now 
some of it is because like starters are sitting or whatever, but some of those starters are going to be on different teams next year too. So yeah. the teams are taking a shot and like looking and seeing what they got with these guys. You know, this is where Rashad Penny, if you weren't paying attention the last few weeks of the season, you're not going to remember that Rashad Penny just balled out. And if he ends up somewhere else or he ends up a lead back in Seattle or whatever, could be, could be pretty valuable. You know, if he can stay healthy, this is where last year, Jonathan Taylor had seven touchdowns in his last four games last year. He went nuts. And that's why some people had him super duper high on their boards this year. Mm-hmm. Whereas he was kind of more like a, at the turn of the first round, maybe a second round pick your boy, Jason, for instance, took him what second or third overall was like, I'm taking Taylor, you know? Yeah. Um, so look at people like that. Look at what Hunter Renfro has been doing again. We mentioned his name a million times, but look Good at what he's been doing all year, especially in the second half of the year. This guy is a target monster. He's unguardable. Honestly, he runs routes that nobody else in the league runs. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's worth noting. Look at Amon Ross St. Brown. It's it's just painful to mention his name, but look at what he's done <laughs> the last four or five games of the year. Um, look at Jamar Chase. Obviously, don't forget this season, but also look at the talent. Like, look at what he's capable of. And you know, in a second year, these guys are just going to get better and better. Yeah, hundred percent. I think a guy like there are a bunch of names on here, but this is a weird name, Braxton Berrios in New York. Like, I don't, I don't know that he's going to be the guy next year because they've got other guys that have been unhealthy, but. Four straight double-digit games, 25 points in championship week. That's a name no one's talking about. I Just mean, remember that, you know? this. Remember that because this is Debo Samuel territory. This is your ninth, your tenth round. It could be an eighth round. This is that those type of names that can yeah. get you the most value and win you your championship. These are those guys. So it's Braxton really- Berrios could be next year's Hunter Renfro. I mean, he's a slot yeah. guy, kind of same like same idea. Like That could be the same sort of thing. And you want to you want to see it coming as much as you can. I don't think he'll be a hot name next year at all. But he could end up, to your point, even later than ninth or tenth. He could be like a thirteenth or fourteenth round pick that you just kind of stash. Mm-hmm. And he all of a sudden he's Cole Beasley, or all of a sudden he's Tyler Boyd, you know, or somebody who's getting you like seven for seventy every game. Yep. You know, uh, look at what look at what's happening in Buffalo with Devin Singletary. This has been really interesting. It's taken all year no, to sort this out. I don't want to look at him because, as you said, I don't, it's taken dude, I don't all year either. to look at him. I don't either, but he he beat me in the championship. Same same thing. Like, look at what's happening. The last three or four weeks, they've committed to him, and he's kind of balled out. Think about what that does for next year. Look at what's happening in Green Bay with A.J. Dillon. Watch what he does in the playoffs. I mean, this guy is an absolute beast. Well, Watch yeah. I mean, here. A.J. Dillon's stock rising, Aaron Jones' stock falling. I mean, yes. it's important for both of those guys. <laughs> it really is. Look at Elijah Mitchell in San Francisco. San Francisco's always got a lead back. This year, he's a rookie. He was like a late-round rookie. He balled out. Question for you, though. You still going to take Raheem Mostert next year? I can't. I got to quit. I got to quit, Mostert. You can't quit him. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know where he's going to play next year. I love Mostert. I still love the guy, but he cannot stay healthy. He absolutely can't stay healthy. If he falls to me in the 8th or ninth, I you might take, take him. him. That's it. I cannot take him in the 4th through 6th or 7th rounds. I just can't do it. You Too do many it. years. You going to do it. Remember what Michael Carter and Elijah Moore looked like for the Jets. All right. These are both rookies. They both looked damn good. There was a stretch where Elijah Moore was the number two receiver, number one wide receiver of like a four week stretch. Don't forget about that kind of stuff. These guys end of the season on IR. They don't play the last couple of games. Michael Carter comes back to a team that has no good players left. Like, so basically you're saying Elijah Moore needs to follow Mike white, wherever he ends up next. I would. (laughs) <laughs> i would say hey you know what if mike's going to be like a, go ahead and trade me like hey it's your second year be like yeah yeah now nah, yeah. I'm, I'm good i'm, I'm good I'm, with the jets. <laughs> I'm good with the jets 
Uh, look at David Montgomery finishing the year really strong. He's not getting a lot of credit. Dude's balled out this year. He's he had has. a really good year. He was he was injured for four or five weeks there in the middle. He's been balling out the last several weeks. Oh, if had Chris Carson had a neck, he would have challenged him. I'm just saying. <laughs> so he would have so. challenged him. <laughs> <laughs> had he had a neck. I mean, it must have been what was wrong with him all season. Just no neck. That's what happens. So these are the guys like you want to watch these last few weeks of the NFL because you want to see these storylines. You want to see these players go off. You want to remember them from next year. 100%. 100%. Again, because as we, we can't emphasize enough how much the middle to late rounds guys can win a league for you. And I mean, Kempers, I know, sorry to bring it up. I know you didn't win, but you were, you should have, and you had the best team all year because of those late round guys. They were huge for you and they can make a big difference on anybody's team. So pay attention, pay attention. Yeah, I, this was one of the better drafts I've ever had. I just looked back on it and was kind of like, I just hit him right. I just, and that is luck as much and as you really like, didn't, you didn't really make that many changes to your team. You made one I trade didn't change my and that team was about it. At all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just, it's some of it's luck and some of it's like instinct, you know, and some of it's just. I got I like this guy. I got a feeling about it. And some of it's a lot of research. Like it's a combination of all those things. But you get Debo Samuel. You get Antonio Brown, who was crazy as hell. But like when he played, he was money in the bank. Michael Pittman was a late round pick. Like he was money in the bank pretty much all year long. Jalen Hurts was a late round pick. Like there are a lot of guys on my my team that started for me that that were great. You know, that were they were clutch. So you can you can do well in your draft by paying attention these last few weeks for sure. So keep watching. Keep listening. Keep watching for sure. All right, well, so we talked about NFL. We want to give a quick update to our Bowl Pick'em League. Only two games left, man. So who's uh, two games what we left? At? It, was a, it was an exciting weekend of games. Things went all over the place. Our boy Kyle is in the driver's seat. Kyle, watch out He's now. In first place. Um, remember, I am not eligible. You and I are not eligible to we win. Not. Uh, Kyle's in the driver's seat, and there's two games left. He's up by one game over our boy Hova and my man Ben Hendren. So... There's 11 teams within two games, though. So, like, it's, it's still anybody's ballgame out there. Which is awesome. Which is sweet. Uh, it is fun. Which is crazy, too, with how many games there are. Um, that there's so many people still in contention. It'll be interesting to see. I didn't check. You know, Kyle's a big Michigan guy. I forgot to check to see if he picked Michigan over Georgia. And he did. He did. He did pick Michigan over Georgia. Yeah, so did I. That hurt me. <laughs> that hurt me. Yeah. Um. But I love the dogs, always will. So I got left for the dogs. We've got two games left. We've got LSU taking on Kansas State. That game's today. And then you've got the championship game in Indianapolis, Monday the 10th, Georgia-Bama, repeat of the SEC championship. Boo. So pick that game and then pick your tiebreak score. Make sure you get your tiebreaker score yes, in there. Yes, you need it that could in could come there. down to that. could come down to it. Total points to the very bottom of the pick'em. Nice. woo you uh, has that anger fire calmed down? Are you a little more just towards disgust at this point, or is it still you know still talking about broccoli on your pizza? I think it's a combination. Um, yeah, that's true. They didn't, they moved from Minnesota to San Fran. They didn't like that broccoli on the pizza. Combination <laughs> of anger and disgust. It's still there. Honestly, okay. it's going to burn. It's going to burn for a while. Let's burn. I get it. Makes sense. Well, hey, it'll just be more fuel for your fire. Getting next year and getting even more of these sleepers. So it'll be fine. Join in next week on what I'm going to rant about. Something <laughs> random. Join in next week for what Kemper breaks. Yes. What's Kemper going to break. Uh, well, great, man. This is a good episode. I know it was kind of hard for you to recap what happened, but hey, the fact that you were in a couple championships is awesome. I think you should take some solace in that. Uh, I'm proud of what I was able to do against Jason, even though, again, just came up against a buzzsaw, so I got that second. Once again, shout out to your mom winning her league in dominant fashion, first-time fantasy footballer. 
So a lot of good things happening. A lot more to keep watching. One more week left in the NFL season. We'll be with you through that. And we'll be following the playoffs, keeping everything up to date. So make sure you're staying tuned. And as always, keep on folding. Fold it. Congratulations, San Francisco. Give ruined pizza. First the Hawaiians, and now you.